you have to grow. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Growth, man. Here with my boy G, Gay Martin, and we tapping yeah. in with another episode. And we got a couple of special guests bringing them back for a second segment of our COVID slash sports conversation. Reem, Drew, thanks for having us, man. Talk to the good people. What's going on, man? Thanks for having us back, man. Excited to talk about, you know, the follow-up to our last segment. Appreciate y'all having us back. Um, whole lot's been changing and unfold since that time, so I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Yes, yeah, sir. We're going to get right into it, but, you know what I'm saying, like, I wanted to bring up real quick, Jew had a, we were just talking, you know, a little, little pre-pod or whatever, but Jew was just saying that he didn't look at you know what I'm saying? It's 2020. It's turning the page this new year. He was looking at something to build off of, building off of last year. Like, so, I mean, we're still in January. And uh, my biggest thing, I was telling well, my five brothers is like, man, when when the first hit, man, don't expect to just flip everything like a switch. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially coming out of last year with during a pandemic that we're still in, a lot of things that we're still enduring, like, you have to take things slow and build, get yourself into a rhythm. You try to flip that switch all at one time. Like, that's how people lose confidence, get off kilter, get off schedule and whatnot. So, Jude, just talk to me about what you meant by building off of uh, 2020. Yeah, no, I feel like a lot of people just get into this routine of always, you know, starting each and every single year with all these goals and all these aspirations of doing things, whether it's bettering themselves and their personal lives always, you know, whether it's professionally, whether it's with their family, their love life, whatever it is. And then, you know, once the adversity of the year basically, you know, kicks in, because yes, we went to, through a pandemic, um, you know, this year as, you know, kind of like as society, but shit, if you want to be real, it's people that's going through pandemics in their daily lives every day or like every other day, you know what I mean? Facts. And that don't never get highlighted. That don't never get recognized because them folks just put their head down and just kind of just fight through the adversity. But like just one thing I just became a big believer on and is not just always worried about, you know, turning the page or always looking for the change, but it's actually like, if you start, if you start at 2020 with resolutions to want to be better in business and, you know, to want to better yourself, you know, find a new different stream of income, whatever that goal was, why should entering to 21 be a restart? You get what I'm saying? That's all yeah. I'm mean saying that is, why should any year be a restart? Why should any yeah. year be a different, you know, uh, agenda, I guess, or an endpoint where you want to go with it rather than the year before? Because I think that is ends up being counterproductive for a lot of folk because that's when you get into the society of people that are just grabbing the new trend of anything that's going on to, to, to get on fast, you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of just building continuity in what they do, you know, within their lives in order to just be able to build off. So like for me and G starting a business in the middle of the pandemic, there's no way in the world I'm about to sit here and tell you that all oh, 2021, we about to restart the button and start fresh, new this, new that. Hell yeah. no. You get what I'm saying? We finna build <laughs> the momentum that we got in 2020 and finna take 2021 by storm. You feel me? So that's what I meant by saying that is like, you know, I didn't, I never looked at, you know, 2020 as this terrible year where I just want to forget and never, you know, remember what happened or anything. Nah, I, I want to remember every lesson. I want to remember every adverse moment. I want to remember every win, every loss. You know what I mean? 
And that's how I want to go into my new year, just knowing that I'm building off 2020 and not starting over and hitting some type of switch, like you mentioned. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, a lot of people, you know, they overwhelm themselves with it's time to renew. I got to um, I got to re- I got to get a fresh start at the top of the year. And then I got all these new goals. And then by the time December roll around, you forgot all them same goals that you had planned on working on. And then a lot of times you end up dropping the same goal again. And so it's like the the biggest thing is just to just stay consistent and you know what i'm saying not bite off more than you can chew so the key is like like you said finding that momentum and just riding that way and i think that that's that's one thing that me and jude always talk about is just you know what i'm saying continuing to push exactly where we at and um i think i think you know feeding off one another on that man it's been it's been really good especially going into 2021 and like i said on the last pod um, I ain't really, I, I didn't look at 2020 as a down year. Um, I think that all the struggles and everything that we went through um, individually as a business, all of that um, kind of propelled us into this year and we just gonna keep rocking the same way. So thousand percent agree with what you said, Drew. Yep. Yeah, yeah man. Go ahead, Drew. You know, how you gonna start over and build new goals and you didn't even finish the last ones you had? Yeah. Right, I'm commitment issues. No, I'm gonna do this year, but you said you was gonna do something else last year. You didn't end up doing. So you just about to you gonna quit and start over just because the clock restart. You know what I'm saying? Like it just never made sense to me for real. You know what I mean? So that's why I made that statement because that's really like that's been my attitude for like you know a while. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of just make sure that we always taking the momentum, you know, over from year to year, taking that same energy. You know what I mean? Um, speaking things into existence and all those things, you know, those things don't stop just because the, the the clock and the calendar turns on the year. You know, those things that you spoke into existence in 2020, if they haven't materialized themselves, they're, they're, they're on the way. You know what I mean? They're on the way still. So that's just just type of attitude, like, I think everyone should kind of grab. 100%, man. I think that that's a good tidbit, you know what I'm saying, to start this episode because we're still in the first month of the year, you know what I mean? So you still got time to, you know, not only reevaluate the goals you had for 2021, but also evaluate the goals you had last year and see what mm-hmm. you did and didn't complete. And, you know, look for ways to improve thyself. That's really what it comes down to, you know what I'm saying? Like, make sure they're tangible, make sure, you know what I'm saying, they're accountable, and make sure you got a support system. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, based off of that, we're going to bring it back to the reason why we're here today, talking about COVID-19, man. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, carrying that momentum over, we're still here in this pandemic, y'all. We're still here in this pandemic. But sports is still happening, man. And like I predicted, college football went all the way through. So I just want to put it out there. I think I was the only one out of us that we were all in the pod before, prior that correctly predicted that this college football season would, <laughs> would, would see it through. So I want you to keep that keep same through. energy throughout this whole convo today, That's too. Mine. It <laughs> crawled past that finish line. It That's crawled. Mine. That's mine. Three wheels off. I'm going to get my rocks off early. No, so, I was you did. You did call it out. You did. Yeah. yeah, I did call it out, man. So, I mean, so what were y'all thoughts about uh, the college football season and, like, how it transpired? Uh, were you surprised by the completion of the season? Like, tell me some of your thoughts. Uh, 
after like they decided to go like three weeks in, I I knew it was like all right, they they gonna play the whole thing out. You know, by that time they had already canceled a few games. You know, a couple COVID outbreaks, different schools, and when none of that stopped anything, they was like, hey, as long as our top money making schools is cool, we cool. And it kept pushing everybody else figure it out. Yeah, and 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 I'll say this. Um, there were a few instances um, that, you know, could have shut everything down. Um, a few of one of them being obviously Trevor Lawrence getting uh, getting COVID, uh, him missing those few games. And then the one that let me know that no matter what happened, the season was going to go on was Nick Saban. When Nick Saban got COVID and he got, he got COVID twice. But the first time Nick Saban got COVID. False positive. And then this whole phenomenon of the false positive. I'm not saying that they can't happen. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that they're not lying on him every time, bro. Every time he gets the false positive. But the second time he got it, and then he still managed to, you know what I'm saying, I was like, okay, yeah, like. It's, it's gonna happen, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's gonna happen. Ain't, they, ain't, they ain't fooling around with this, man. Yeah, my yeah, well, was, this season will forever have an asterisk by it, in my opinion. Um, there's no way we can look back on this season and really think that there was an equal competitive advantage across the board um, for them to be able to crown a college football champion and us to feel like, you know, this season is just as equal as the season that was previously played in 2019. I think um, them getting through the season had a lot to do with reasonings that were outside of just, you know, competing um, in collegiate athletics. And we all know what that is. It's usually that money that's involved. A dollar. Um, I don't really think the kids got better this year. Um, I don't think the football was of much quality. Um, so even though they, they were successful in completing the season, I don't think, um, you know, as fans, you know, as a college football fan, I enjoyed watching it, you know what I'm saying? Because it was something for us to obviously take our minds off, you know, the pandemic and it kind of felt normal. But, you know, just for the kids, just for the integrity of the game itself, now, I don't think it was a season where we could really look back at and not put an asterisk next to uh, the season overall. That's just what I think. Yeah, I feel you on that. Just because so many teams played a varying amounts of games. You know, Bama played, I think, their whole schedule versus Ohio State who played five games coming into the, the thing, into the uh, college football playoff. Now, I will say, we knew, like, coming into the season, yep. Bama was the best team. Yep, yep, and yep, yep, yep. they proved it was the best team. And the way they proved it, it was almost like, huh, do we even need to have this whole thing? Because we clearly knew who the champ was going to be. It was yeah. Bama by. You know what I'm saying? They got two, three first-round receivers. Their best receiver got hurt second game of the year or uh, early in the season. Yeah, I mean, and then we got to see. I mean, <laughs> and, and then you got, got the Heisman winner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then you get a Heisman winner stepping up right there. Like, it ain't no other team in the country. I don't care how pandemic or not. This was no pandemic. The, the exact ending would have happened. Yeah. The middle stuff would have looked would looked a little different, but the exact same ending would, would have happened. And it would have been Bama. Yeah, no, Jude, you over there shaking your head. I, Reem, I'm going to have to agree with you, bro. Yeah. I, this Bama team, man, this was 
This <laughs> man, the team was different, yeah. bro. So, Drew, no, you shaking Bama your head. I want to know what you like think. Call like it, it is, the, the Bama offense was different. Okay, the Coach defense. Football, you don't need okay. Yeah, the football, football, you don't need no defense. Because if if Reem, if we being honest, they had a three headed monster, right? Yeah, they ran a three man weave the whole championship them. game. So what? Yeah. They ran a three man weave the whole championship game. Exactly the the whole the whole season. It was Najee, Mac, and that Mac got the best deep ball in America. Mac Jones has the best deep ball in America. Um, he was making the other wide receivers look great, even when Waddle came out. But I mean, Steve Car Steve Sarkeesian did a great job of the play calling. He was moving Devontae Smith around all the time, like slot outside, come out the backfield. Like he made his he made his man like. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Like I guess they were having some conversations about him being like one of the best. College wide receivers of all time. Like, where do y'all do y'all agree with that? How y'all feel about that? I mean, so I he got I'm, on the we're reading them off of a single season, though. To be honest, like that is being honest because like he was behind Judy, not behind Judy, but he was with Judy, with Rugs, with Waddle. Those are like, some, them boys were some ballers, though. They were like you saying it like he was behind like some. No, no, I know. Like, I, I didn't say he was behind. Like I, I didn't mean that. I meant like you know he was he didn't have that feature role. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but that's everybody who go to Bama location, you know. But he went in there and he did yeah. something that ain't none of the guys before him did. You know what I'm saying? He won all the trophies, got the records, and he looked he looked like that guy in the in the playoffs. He, he looked like he, 2012 had a better season statistically who? than Tay Smith. He ain't make it look like that, did he? Stedman Bailey. Made it look good, but it's more receptive. All I'm going to say is this. The kid was incredible. He was ahead above and beyond anybody in college football this year and is the top prospect in the draft, regardless of what they talking about. I know that team, the top team is going to pick quarterbacks because that's what you got to do. But if you wanted to pick the best player, Devontae Smith is the best player. However, like I said, man, this season just got something around it to where I'm just going to have to put a little asterisk next to his season too. But you know, hey, I've never seen nobody just never covered. Like, <laughs> bro, he was always open, bro. Like, he was always open. Like, it, it'd open. be one thing if, like, there was a game you could go look at and be like, no, nah, fam. He was always open. Bro, what did he have in the first half? Uh, he had a game. He had a game. He had, like, 12 catches. First half. <laughs> in the first half. Went out and got hurt. Come on. 12 catches first half. They got hurt early third quarter. He he could have put up Madden numbers. It was crazy. But I will say this this season will always have an asset for me as a Michigan fan. Of course. Fan. Of course so I will. just need to. You of know what I mean? I'm going to put of that out there. Will. I just want to beat y'all to it because I know y'all always going to bring it up. So I just want to beat y'all to it. Yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> listen, Kendall. <laughs> I would just call the spade a spade. Y'all ran from that game because oh, yeah, I wish. I wish. The only thing I wish is if I could get the list of the players that were on that COVID list because I would bet my bottom dollar that none of them were starters or in the 2D. Mm, contact tracing is what we're going to blame it on. That'll take true Michigan man. John, hey, listen. had this elaborate scheme and idea on how we were going to play college football this season. And then when we got to a chance, you know, to watch them play, his team was unprepared. His team was, you know, not coached well. Uh, 
according to the other teams that they were playing. You know, they were out coaching every game they played. They were out schemed. They were out manned. They've been out recruited. So I think it would have been in the best interest of coaches like that and a lot of other coaches too, you know, um, that were out there. I remember uh, Scott Frost, Alabama, uh, Nebraska, a lot of coaches, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, only a few coaches showed us that they were ready to line up in this environment. And you got to think like, a lot of coaches went in first year jobs. Like there were a lot of moving parts too differently in the SEC. You know what I mean? And I just don't think the football top to bottom was just as good as it should have been. Like, you know, we always got Bama and Clemson, y'all. Okay. Oh, they going, you know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm really talking about. I'm talking about the 120 or 130, whatever division one college football teams, or division two, whatever that line, division one that lined up this season. The Mac didn't line up till late. A lot of these small schools didn't line up till late. You know what I'm saying? True survival. You know what I mean? It was just one of those seasons where, you know, only the teams that had the infrastructure to be able to handle something like this. You know what I'm saying? The leadership when it came to coaching, the leadership when it came to people on the roster. Because if you didn't have the leadership on your roster on the coaches, when a couple guys got, you know, put on the COVID-19 list, y'all was going in the game defeated. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who's that? You know what I'm saying? Once you heard so-and-so and so-and-so not playing, Man, we about to lose. But if so and so and so and so wasn't playing because of injury, next man up mentality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is I know it had to be a little different, man. That's all I'm saying. But it's but it go from next man up to next man up, next man up, next man up, next man up. It's eight of them. You you can yeah, survive. Yeah, like Wisconsin two. was down you can to like one or two. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin. Man, was, Wisconsin got trimmed down to they couldn't even play because they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. Right. Was, it was bad. I don't know. But I mean, it was, yeah, there was on some Broncos. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We even seen it in the NFL. You know, the the Broncos yeah. was down to having a, a a practice squad receiver have to play quarterback in the game, man. That was tough. I mean, Reem, you yeah. experienced it. I mean, yeah. y'all had y'all had a, 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 a bunch of coaches. You know, it, it was tough. You know, when you lose a whole side of the ball, coaching wise, because now it's a bunch of like you say, it's not the one next man up. It's the next six men up, and now you got to find, you know what I'm saying, some camaraderie. You got to find some cohesion. And the guys who thrust into top-level positions five days before they got to go performing, you know. Yeah, it's, tough. it's tough. But the good thing for, like, college football, if, if you're a middle-of-the-road school, you can, just, you can just live off your brand. So as long as they can put enough people out there, they was doing that in college football. They ain't really care what it looked like because as long as they get it on the TV, you know, they get their money. You know, as long as we can get games played, that's what it's about. And they didn't really care who was out there for the most part, as long as they could feel that many players. Good match. Yeah. I mean, so real quick, real quick, I want to talk about how uh, Jude talked about the infrastructure, you know what I'm saying, as far as teams and colleges being ready to handle that type of adversity in a pandemic. But I also, that's a great point. I also want to talk about culture, too. You know what I'm saying? I think that's when culture really comes out. You know what I'm saying? That's part of infrastructure as well. But I think that's when it really comes into play where, you know what I'm saying, like you have that inside-out mentality, you know what I'm saying, from the head coach all the way to the equipment manager. You know what I mean? Like where they all on one page, everything is streamlined. And I feel like that is one thing where you see the Ohio State, you see the Alabamas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's well, another thing us. too is recruiting. It was exposed who can who was recruiting and, and who getting them boys and who not. 
Because when you got down to that fourth string player, like Clemson backup came the ball. Um, yeah. Like that boy. DJ, that boy, what's his last name? You ain't going to be able to say But you know what I'm saying? He came I the ball. I if I was reading it. Yeah, he got put <laughs> in the situation and, and he showed up. Whereas, you know what I'm saying, there was other programs that was put in similar situations and it showed. You but, know, but we, see, that's the competitive disadvantage that COVID exposed that, you know, really is already kind of in college football because Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, they're not recruiting, bro. They're drafting the players. They get the pick. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right, though. You're he right. Put him up according to who he like best. Yeah. Everybody yeah. want to go to Alabama. Everybody want to go to Clemson. Everybody want to go to Ohio State. You so know you got an offer Boston that's going to be committed Boston to. College, Boston College, of course, cannot afford to go down to their second-string quarterback. He's not as talented as Clemson's. There's no chance, with or without COVID. You know, and you got schools like Tennessee stuffing cash in McDonald's bags. Like, Whoa. how you – Compete with that. They're still losing, but they're still, still losing. losing. So, yeah. so there's still something. That's how they—they're trying to be Bama by stuffing cash in McDonald's bags, and they still can't get it right. Yeah, which is why picking the wrong guys. They didn't exactly. stuff enough in the right in the right hands. Yeah, no, they're, they're not they're not picking the wrong guys. Like he, like Drew said, it comes down to infrastructure and culture. Because if that was the case, then USC would be good year in and year out. There are power. There are power five schools that have you know what I'm saying that 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 brand name that Reem was talking about that aren't Ohio State, that aren't Clemson, that aren't Alabama. But they still pull, you know what I'm saying, their fair share with four and five stars, but find themselves fourth, fifth place in the SEC, going a little above 500 and going to the Music City Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just because you recruit well doesn't mean it's going to automatically translate. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have that Nick Saban, that Dabo, that that culture that Urban Meyer instilled in Ohio State and Ryan Davis. Hall of Famers, though. Everybody can't go to the hall. I have to disagree with you, Kendall, about the whole recruiting. I think you know, as, as much as you know, these coaches that you just named off are are great. Um, the 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 thing comes down to the sample size that they get to work with in terms of talent. I mean. Uh, let's not forget Steve Scar Sarkeesian, he's been fired before. You get what I'm saying? That's why he was at Alabama and able to generate what is now considered an offense that's worthy for him getting another job. Um, you can't tell me that he would have had that same type of offensive output without getting kids like Devontae Smith and Mac Jones and Jay Judy and Jalen Waddles. You know what I mean? So as much as those guys are, you know, running these programs and have built the culture. The, the culture is really built by kids who come in and buy in to what they're saying. Um, yeah. Coach is God's gift of football. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no such thing. You know what I'm saying? It takes the player. Nick is pretty close, man. Save is pretty close. You said who? Save is pretty close, man. And that's the thing. I, 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 don't, I can't believe because how do we know? Because the only sample size we really have of his success like this is at Alabama. Granted, he's, you know, he turned it. But he getting them to buy in, like you said, though. Because you got to realize. That program rolling, but, you know, when he was in the NFL with the Dolphins, he didn't even give it a shot. You get what I'm saying? I think for you to be considered a person that's God's gift of football like that, 
you have to be able to do it over different levels and in different situations. But it's it's a whole different coaching aspect in college because in college football, he's the head. He's he's everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Judge, jury, and executioner. He he does everything. In the NFL, you you just guide them basically because you're not the highest paid in there. You got several players high, higher paid than you. So he went back down and was like, okay, I can control it. And if I can do it this way, these guys will buy in way quicker than I can convince a 32-year-old vet to buy into my system. I can get an 18-year-old and tell him, listen, you can go play up here in the NFL for all these years. They'll buy in for three years. And that's what they yeah. do for Nick Saban. They come you- in. Like, look at his rosters. Like, he, he convinced a bunch of five stars to stay and be backups for three years, and they might start one year, maybe two. None of them really transfer, and they all go to the league. That's signs of good leadership. That don't make you guys get to football. What's football? (laughs) Football ain't nothing but leadership. Being able to, you know, motivate 17 to 18 to 19-year-olds for a cause, you know, such as the NFL is definitely a great quality of leadership to have. But imagine being able to motivate a bunch of grown men who are making millions of dollars to come together for one cause to win a Super Bowl. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. What Belichick has done, like a Pete Carroll has been able to do at the USC and a Seattle and build a culture. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of things that I'm talking about. As high as we put saving on a pedestal, we also have to realize, like, you know what I'm saying? Alabama is pretty much laid out for something like that. I'm not taking nothing away. No, from but he me. laid it out that way is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it wasn't like 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 Bear Bryant, but like there was a gap where it was Bama was just, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They was they was cool. Straight. You know what I'm saying? They was straight. But like now every year, no matter what, bro, like you don't even have to know a single player in college football. You know in some capacity, Alabama gonna be straight. Alabama gonna have one of them top guys. Yeah, Alabama, like they they gonna have good players. And they're gonna be and they're gonna be in the top rankings. You know that. And, like it's assumed. And with Nick Nick Saban's culture, he realized, all right, I got this culture that'll work for football, but pretty much probably on any level. But who is it gonna be easier to buy into this tough culture of football? We're practicing hard every day, we're meeting, we're here all day. You do, it's gonna be easier to convince a 17-year-old to, to buy in that, or like you say, an older vet. Like Bill Belichick, he he does probably similar probably run similar camps. He's bought in with his system. Like, his system is his thing. So when you go to New England, you know what time it is. Yeah. When you go to, when you go to Nick Saban, he realized, oh, I can, I can have this similar culture in college and nobody going to trip about it because we just working. But to Saban, to the top Saban. Level. but see, like, Belichick, Belichick has, I think Belichick does a very similar thing. But what he does is, like, like they don't pay people in New England. So, you know, they're all – nobody's a big money guy. So when you're not dealing with big money guys, it's easier to keep that head honcho figure like you was just saying Saban got. Like, remember, Drew, we was talking the other day, talking about, uh, like, GMs and, and value, right? We yeah. were talking about the Texans. And, and I think that, you know, when you can keep yourself as the head honcho showing that your value is greater to the team than – you know, somebody else, as long as the coach's value is the highest value in the room, they go, the player's going to follow. Sure. Whether that's financial or figurative, if the players believe that the coach's value is the highest in the room, then they gonna fo- the player's going to follow. 
I I I have to stand on the other side of that argument. What do you mean? I just think that overall, if there's anything that playing football throughout this time and watching has taught me is that the reason why Bill Belichick and even why, the reason why Nick Saban has become successful himself now and, you know, these people are successful over and over is because they just – they're not really God's game to football. They just are coaching the game the right way. You get what I'm saying? They're like – Bill Belichick's philosophy, philosophy surrounds around situational football. You know what I mean? Time of possession. You get what I'm saying? Special teams. Like, he drills things that aren't driven around, like, him having an exceptional scheme or – those things are surrounded, have to do with winning. That's how you win football. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm talking about the buy-in piece. I'm talking about the buy-in. I'm not talking about like, like, yeah, he's coaching, right? He's doing all of that stuff. But like, I'm not saying his value is financial. I'm not saying any of their value is financial. What I'm saying is their value, the, the coach's value is at a higher level than what the players think. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't value myself above, above this coach. Therefore, I'm going to I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to respect him. So I'm not so I'm not necessarily in disagreement with what you're saying. But what I, I guess I'm you just kind of misconstrued my words. Like I'm not saying it's the financial thing or anything like that. I'm not saying that they're not coaching the game the right way. What I'm saying is that their value is so high in in what they're doing that players want to follow that. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that, bro. That was a hell of a college football segment. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to turn into that, but quick question for y'all. So we saw the NFL, you know what I'm saying, also go through the same uh, COVID issues and whatnot. Like, but we really didn't see much, uh, we didn't see many roadblocks with the NFL. Like, do y'all do y'all know the reason why? Or what do y'all think the reason why would be for that? Uh, I think <laughs> it, was, it was just like the protocols. It was very, it was super serious. Like before the season, before I got signed, and, you know, there were, like, the PA meetings and all that over the phone. You know, I was, it was seemed a little shaky on, like, how they were going to do it. You know, I had my, my thoughts and questions on how, you know what I'm saying, so many people every day, you know what I'm saying? But I think the difference was we tested every day. Like, I, don't, I doubt every college tested every day of their season. But from the day I got to Detroit to the day I left, I had a COVID test every day, no matter what no matter what. So I think that's why the NFL kind of was able to avoid a lot of things because you just catch every every case you catch, hopefully you can catch it before you get into the building. That way you don't have to shut it down. So mo that's why most of the incidents were like isolated, you know what I'm saying, coming from different, you know what I'm saying, different places as opposed to gathering together, uh, unlike a lot of like the college situations. It was a nose swab every day, kind of off topic, but. Yeah, yeah every every morning. Before you go into the building, you got to go get uh, get a quick nose swab, and it's daily, so you already you'll know if you've had like a positive or or, or whatever. So how long did, how long until you find out what your results were? Uh, it's every morning. Every morning, uh, there's a courier. He flies. Once everybody's done, there's like COVID test guideline. He hop on the plane, send the test to Jersey, and they'll have the results for that by like the I think the end of the day or whatever but since you take it every day it always you always know the status of somebody hmm. right, so the so the tester literally came and tested y'all every day and flew out every day to go deliver the samples to the lab yeah. 
That's yeah, crazy. We, we had a group. It was like a group of women. They they did the test, did everything. It was just a uh, guy who worked with the league, kind of similar like to the drug test guys. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like like just a courier. They, they don't actually do anything. Just pick it up and uh, just fly it to the lab, whatever. And they just do that. And you can we can do the PCR, the quick one, like on site. Yeah. Just you know what I'm saying. So that's that's the fastest yeah. one, right? PCR. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. It's like it's like fifteen minutes or so. Rapid test, yeah. Yeah, the rapid test, and then throughout the building, uh, you had to wear a mask. Um, we had an indoor in Detroit, so like we transitioned to doing meetings all in there. You know, indoors real big, so like they try to keep everything as spaced out as possible. Staggering times in locker room, so like, they did they did a pretty good job, as good as you could do. You know what I'm saying? Without having the bubble. You know, in that situation without, you know what I'm saying, fringing on, like, you know, your daily lives, whatever. They did a pretty good job. So. Damn, that's crazy. So you saying that from the time you got to the trade to the time you left, you had to do a rapid test every single day? Yeah, every day. Uh, game now, day. I don't even want to do the math on that. I really don't. But, I mean, that was – It's, I, it's I like 100 and something. Oh, over the, it's like over 100. Bro, like I three, wish. three, four months worth of. Golly, bro! And I it's, wish it's I a lot created the COVID too. test, fam. It's <laughs> a lot of peace of mind, knowing that you get tested every day. No, for real. And that you know, what I'm saying, you can kind of, you kind of can live a little bit. You know, what I'm saying, not. You know, no, I got saying. you. It make you feel. Yeah. It make you feel at ease a little bit. For sure, for sure. You know, yeah. it's like all right. At least I'm taking. I'm taking some type of protocol. You know, what I'm saying whatever I'm doing is working. Yeah, you ain't gotta be like, damn, I gotta go get tested. Like, nope, we're going. To, I'm getting yeah. tested tomorrow anyway. Tested in a few minutes like, anyway. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm and if you have any symptoms, like, you are, right, don't come in the building. We're gonna figure this out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you would do anything you can within the week just to protect the entire building. You know what I'm saying? Whether you know what I'm saying you got somebody got to miss a day, work from home, or we got to have meetings from home, but. You can't you can't let the, the positive test in the building. So that was like the, the big thing. Man, that's great insight on uh you know what I'm saying what that looked like. I don't know what the dollar amount was. You said do you know what the uh, what the I don't know what that math looked like. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, I'm sure that they probably got them at a wholesale price. So I mean somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars a pop. But even if fifty dollars a, a pop, hundred tests, five bands a player. Everybody because everybody who's going to be in the building has to test. And like I say, it's pretty much a – I don't know if everybody, like, fully involved was on, like, seven days a week, but every every tier – because it was tiered access, so everybody didn't have the same access in the building. It's like tier one, tier two, tier three. And the tier one, you go anywhere or, or whichever one – one or three, whichever one is the top, you can go anywhere. And then based off your tiered status – is where you can go in the building. So that's that's also how to like minimize this, you know. Mm. So yeah. Man. It was a it was a, it was a crazy year. It was a crazy year with COVID. Now my next question is that do you see this being like a new normal in sports going forward? Because like it's already January, you know what I'm saying, for college. You got spring ball coming up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like well, you and you got winter conditioning about like happening now. Spring ball around March, you know what I'm saying, whatever the case may be. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
we we full fledged in this pandemic still. So like, I mean, can this be the a similar scenario you think next year? Is this going away anytime soon? Uh, I'm not sure how college will do it because you know winter. Like, are they gonna test every day for winter conditioning? Because or are they gonna be like, if you get COVID now, like, it's cool, you know, whatever. How they can do it, but I can see the NFL doing this like one more year. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's like. It wasn't perfect, you know what I'm saying? It was a couple rough weeks in the middle, but, like, it was it was the best way you could do it given, you know what I'm saying, if you want to play sports during it. And if it's still a concern by the time football, you know what I'm saying, comes back. And at least this time going forward, they know that this will work, this type of – these protocols. So they'll probably just start it like this from the jump. Yeah. You know? I heard the yeah. league was uh, thinking about taking away offseason altogether. What do you mean? Oh, oh, like OTAs and everything. Yeah, like just fall camp. Yeah, yes, yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think the the president, uh, Treader, JC Treader, I think it is. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was basically arguing the point that uh, you didn't really miss out on the football didn't wasn't affected. You know what I'm saying? From not having OTAs and you know what I'm saying it's both sides of that. I don't think a lot of people would be upset. I know. The owners probably will miss that, and it'll hurt the rookies a little bit, but ain't no rookies, so. <laughs> <laughs> they, really, they, really, they really my issue no more, you know. But well, it kills the young boys, for sure. I mean, and then yeah, players that go to new teams, it sets you back a lot, I feel like. It does, but, I mean, if you keep the virtual, if, if they just make it virtual and you just have to learn the playbook, I mean, it's on you to study it. But have, having that on-field training, like, OTAs, they suck. But at the end of the day, like, it give you a bunch of reps. Because, you know, once you get to camp, like, after that first week or so, them reps, they start to run yeah, down. They structure at that, that point. Yeah, if you ain't in that first that first team or, or getting some snap, you're going to be out there stretching during practice, <laughs> trying to get a taste. So, Thanks. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they would have to adjust everything, you know, yeah. going forward with it. But. That's wild, crazy. Well, are you go ahead? Are you for the no off season, or would you prefer to have it, Ren? Uh, I'm cool now with having it. Like I didn't even have a camp this year, so I was. I'm looking at the the off season part, like OTAs. Is, like you say, if you want to have it virtual, cool. Just you know, what I'm saying, so you can see players or whatever. But having to have it as long as it is, like it don't need to be that what month and a half, two months, like. Yeah. You can it can be it can be one month of phase one, phase two, and then maybe do like a week or five. They don't got to be nearly what it is now, because the first couple of phases, guys really uh, regressing because they don't train. You don't train as hard. Yep. You know when you get back with the team until you start doing the on field OTA. So I don't know. No, I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> well, listen, we talked about. College, talk about all football, college, NFL. Matter of fact, since we're here, got we got Packers and uh, who got Packers and uh, the Bucks, and we got the Chiefs and the Bills, man. Who y'all got? Tampa beat the Bills in the Super Bowl. What? You're crazy. Uh, crazy, G. It's 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 hard to go against A Rod right now, man. He, it's hard to go against A Rod, bro. I'm I'm I'm, I'm go Packers right crazy now. right now. Yeah, and and they can they can rush the passer too, and I think 
Hey, hey, hey Ring, what's 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 my man's in, uh name on on the end uh, for the for the uh, Packers? Uh, I think fifty five. Zadarius. Yeah, I Is think something Darius like Smith? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Darius Smith. Yeah, Darius Smith. Smith. Yeah. They line him up anywhere, and he be rushing over them inside guys, killing them. Yeah, bro. I got double digit sacks, you know. Bucks over Bills in the packs, Super Bowl. Bro. You said what? Bucks over Bills in the Super Bowl. Why do you feel that way? <clears throat> well, Tampa's getting better as the season is, is going on here. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously that defensive performance they had against the Saints was was great, but I think that I think that they take they take their uh, they find a way to build on that and um, they get after Aaron Rodgers' ass um this weekend and uh they take that game and then um I don't know I just like I like Buffalo to 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 handle Kansas City but I don't think Buffalo has enough to to beat you know Tampa so then that's how I get Tampa over Buffalo uh in the Super Bowl question is yes, <laughs> where's the game this weekend between the Pack Packers and the, uh the Bucks Oh, they finna go get chilly up in Green Bay, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, th- I think you answered my question. So, uh, I don't think they come out uh, on a Lambeau victorious, bro. I don't think not – many, not many teams come out of there alive, bro. Especially for the NFC Championship. I just don't see it. I, I can't see it. Yeah. Man, I don't know when people just started betting against Brady. Man, I'm saying, bro. The weapons that he's had in years. It, it, it ain't- it ain't like I'm betting against them because it's like it it's hard to bet against them. But it's like you're betting on this Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams connection. And bizarre. How David they have Bakhtiari. a running game, bro. They yeah, have a running game. David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari played last time and they come block him. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's how they got to reach this, this off the line and try to figure it out. They got Devin White playing out of his mind. I mean, I get it. It's going to be chilly, but. But I mean, AB might. I don't know. It's too many like what ifs right now in both games in terms of injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. Like AB being out could affect the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? They could. But if AB, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, the Gronkowski plan, bro, it won't. It might not be as bad as last time, but they gonna whoop on them. Think so? Nah. Nah. Get out Aaron Rodgers. I don't think so. Rogers, you. <laughs> Aaron, I know it sounds hard, but Aaron Rodgers is one of them people that you get after early. Yeah, he's a head yeah. case, bro. He's a head it's case. Over with. I you, you hit him in the mouth early, he's going to be complaining. He's going to be pointing at the ref. He's going to be throwing his hands up. You know what but, I'm saying? Like His body but, early turns. And I think that's where the Bucks had the advantage. But honestly, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I really, I really wouldn't be surprised if that one went either way. Um, yeah. as far as Buffalo and Kansas City, it's all on Mahomes. Mahomes play, I gotta go with the Chiefs. Yeah. But if um, if Mahomes don't play, um, I think I think Buffalo can beat. It. I just don't think Buffalo has this thing where they can get up and then they can't run the clock down. They could get came back on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, that's that's and a very underrated thing, thing right there. Up, yeah, not being able to run clock like it's one thing to be able to score, but not being able to take away clock late in the game. 
That's that's a killer. They can't convert I mean, first downs late in the game, bro. It's it, no, I hear you. I mean, the Packers low. He got the best running game in, uh, left, and um, in, in the playoffs right now. Yeah, but they're going against the number one run defense in the NFL. True. All right, but okay, so okay, I, and Peter Bay are coming back this week. That's what I'm saying. Like they're getting better, bro. Like the Bucks are getting better, and I don't think like people are just acting like Brady hasn't been in an NFC champion or in a championship game when he can go to the Super Bowl and has beat another good quarterback. He's not the good <laughs> quarterback. You gonna put some respect on that man's name, Drew? He's not just huh? a good quarterback, bro. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers like he average, like he just uh, this, this run-the-mill quarterback. But like, we forget that Brady it. is Brady. Brady for is Brady sure, because, sure. okay, Brady is Brady because of his accolades. I mean, this is coming from Michigan fan. But, well, but how did he get the accolades, bro? Like, he had to do some shit to get them. I want to, I want to clarify some things. Like, going to the Pro Bowl <laughs> is an accolade. Winning as many Super Bowls as Brady has, bro, you can't call that an accolade, bro. You get what I'm saying? That's the point of the game. I understand that, but I'm saying like, but I, I I understand that, but the better quarterback is Rodgers. The the better talented quarterback is Rodgers. Well, okay, there's there's a difference between like what what considers a, a, a you know you know you know what he's saying. He's saw you know what he's saying. Yeah, the better football. thrower. Yeah, the better like, thrower of the football. Because no, quarterback Reed, like Brady could just go holler at his guys and then they just turn up. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know if the leadership is the same. You know what I'm saying? Like it, a I lot mean, of it when he talk, we talk, like, we're talking about going out there spinning. Who do you who do you expect to like? Brady's gonna have a great game, but Aaron Rodgers right now this whole year been playing. Oh yeah, out of this like some of the best football in in his 100%. career. Devontae Adams going fast. And think about it, people already been considering him, you know, a top top whatever quarterback. So him and his best having his best year ever. Like, come on. Tom not having his best year ever, and he having a great year. But he balling right hey. now, though. <laughs> He's balling right about, now. That's, that, that's what I'm getting at. The thing about yeah. A-Rod is no, he always, a- 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 always does less with more. I mean, he always does more with less. You're disrespecting Tom Brady. I'm not, bro. You can't use that like, statement when Tom Brady. Yeah, you can't, you can't say that with Tom. Team. Yeah, you're right. right, you, right. It doesn't work like that, dog. You can't say Aaron Rodgers does more with – Less when he's playing against a nigga that has done more with less for about twenty two years, bro. Bro, fair, bro. He, I mean, Brady I mean, made I mean, all his guys, bro, bro except Randy Moss. He's bro. had one Hall of Famer. I mean, well, exactly twenty two years. You get what I'm saying? And who does that? Who is who's the best receiver? We can and not like Brady could get a bunch of niggas in a sandlot in the backyard, a bunch of little kids, and go out there and win a game, possibly, bro. We cannot forget what type of quarterback Tom Brady's been, bro. In different situations. 100%. Like, being able to – in different offensive coordinators, like, come on, bro, this type of greatness, bro. We, we got to stop minimizing Brady's greatness because it's always like this until he's gone and he's not playing no more. And then there's For nobody sure. con- continuously dominating the game because Aaron Rodgers, no matter what he does in Green Bay, he won't win more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. You know why? The Green Bay Packers will never be consistently good. They will be just occasionally great. You get what I'm saying? And Tom Brady's career has been consistently good. 
that's fair. But is that all because of Brady, or is that, or or do you are you dismissing Belichick? I think Brady today this year. Yeah, Brady's Brady still winning. Belichick is I think he's proving it's a lot of. Brady. Yeah, but he's he's loaded now. He's loaded. <laughs> the Jameis Winston Bucks. Jameis Winston Bucks. Same offense. Same offense no, coordinator. James, same James head coach. Bro, James don't do that. Also through thirty two. Bro, bro That's what don't I'm he took the Jameis Winston bucks with that offense, with that scheme. So Only thing they bad, added was A.B. midseason. Are you saying that was a bad scheme? And minus O.J. Howard. Bro, they added people, people were saying it could – people were saying, is it the scheme or is it Jameis? You know what I'm saying? People Listen, were saying I that. never thought I – I always figured if you could throw 30 texts out, granted, you took 30 picks, you're a highly capable quarterback. No question. That's why he's going to take over in New Orleans. Maybe yeah. Sean Payton would be a better scheme and a better system for him. You think but, they finna let him? But we not finna minimize what Brady just did, bro. He went over For to sure. the Bucks with no OTAs, no nothing. Picked up Bruce Arians' playbook, looked by the remember? and was like, we're going we gonna to take this shit on my back. Y'all just play some D over there. We're going to take this shit on my back. It's going to take a while, but by the time October, November come around, we're going to look like them. And right now, they look like them. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but I, you're right. I, I you're right. Biased. They plant. They 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 they're very hot. Like like they look good. Defense I may be biased, great. but if Tom Brady Tom wasn't playing good. this weekend, I wouldn't be talking like this. I promise you. You know. So are you, are you so are you are you saying this more because of Tom Brady or because you just you think you think he's been a better quarterback all year than Aaron Rodgers? You think he's a better quarterback well, I think, right now? In the I playoffs? think Tom Brady makes the Bucks a better team this weekend. And Aaron Rodgers makes the Packers. Okay. That's fair. All right. I think All if right. you go out there, stop the run, which I know they will, limit a few big plays, Brady and them going to tear them boys apart. Yeah. Okay, cool. See, we'll the the real factor, bro, that nobody has said yet is Devontae Adams, man. No, he's a <laughs> for sure, bro. He might go for 200. Yeah, like <laughs> – Will that be enough to win the game for the Packers? I already picked my pick, man. I'm just saying, I like Devontae Adams has arguably had one of, you know what I'm saying, his best years ever, too. But I at the end of the day, bro, and, I truly believe. And we got to be got to win in the playoffs against them. So. What, yeah. Yeah. Where's yeah. Bill's Chiefs at? You know where it's at. Arrowhead, man. <laughs> <laughs> All the hey. <laughs> For me, the next next few. I got a funny feeling about the Bills in that one. Funny feeling about the Bills. Oh, you got Buffalo with or without my home. No matter. What? So if then it shouldn't. Then you got the Bills. Then. So you got the Bills. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The Bills. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just want to clarify this weekend. People just say, "Oh, I got a funny, funny feeling." It's like they're trying to throw that little Stephen A. disclaimer out there. <laughs> they could come back on Monday and was like, I told y'all I had a funny feeling about the Bills. Nigga, like, you ain't saying you win or not. <laughs> you gotta okay, well, my bad. Let me, be, let me be distinct when I say, yeah, I got a funny feeling that Bills can come out of there regardless. Like, I feel like that Josh allen Stefan Diz connection is like, has been consistent all year. And they got a defense, bro. They got a defense, too. They just got to get a running back the ball more than 11 times between two running backs. That's Who was the running back? I don't know. Uh, Tillotary? They got to find a game plan that involves chewing clock. I yeah, that's why I said they got to get a running back the ball more than 11 times. They're going to be throwing screens. I don't know what it's going to be, but 
if they go out there and just try to go gun for gun, bro, and Mahomes out there, and I'm telling y'all, and Chad Henney with a week of practice still makes this game a competitive game. You got to think yeah. about it. They still got, they still got everybody. Andy like, Reed. like, Pat Mahomes is like the, the, engine, the, the thing that makes the engine go, but they still got a whole bunch of parts where if that main engine gets downgraded, they still can be all right. No, for, for sure. For sure. Because they got running backs and they got having a tight end first off. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a quarterback's a dream weapon. and blessing. A weapon. Oh, they got a wide and, oh, tight end, bro. He be dogging. Like having a regular tight end is like a quarterback dream. Having him, come on, fam. Check down all day. Well, wait, are, are both are both games Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying? Let's make the the, the trifecta then. You know what I'm saying? We covered college, we covered the league. Now, man, let's talk about the the bubble. They be going to need to bubble up. They better bubble up soon. It's bad. The thing about it. Bro, I just see it postponed left and right. The bubble, yeah, that's, a one, that's, that's a one-off thing. That's something you can only really sell one time to somebody. Yeah, they already said they're not doing a bubble again. They're not agreeing to that. Not a chance. Like, yeah, they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to do something, bro, because – or or they're going to have to just get a little bit more serious about, you know what I'm saying, testing and stuff just because uh, they out here, they postponing games left and right, fam. They travel a whole lot in the NBA. That's, that's one of the things. As they okay. should, though, man. They should postpone these games, man. And I think that's where the NFL was almost about to mess up because – Fans are paying, viewers are watching, man. We don't need to be seeing if some of these stars gonna be out, man. We don't need to just be playing the game, man. Yeah, no, I mean this. I mean they like the rules about you know I'm saying when to postpone or not. um, Teams got to have at least eight players available to play. Um, I I forgot who it was last week. Somebody got stuck with that eight ball, bro. It was bad. Was it the Celtics? (laughs) Got blasted. Might have been the Celtics, bro. Let me see. I forgot who it was. I know, and like, uh, these protocols be for, like, ticket. days at a time. Like, it ain't like it's a, oh, you contact trace, you're out for – now, you be – even for a contact trace, it's, like, five, six days. Yeah, yep. you out for a little bit. And that ain't even you having. That's just you – I mean, you was close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they, they're going to finish the season, like, because, I mean, I just don't see a way that they won't, but – it's going to be interesting to see how they do it because, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the body sweat and all, all the fluids, whatever, is way easier to be transmitted playing in NFL than anything else. I mean, playing in the NBA than anything else. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, I mean, it's and they, got, and they play more games. They travel more. They So, they're more at risk. And with this bubble not being a realistic opportunity right, right now, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, you you only postpone so many games, and then you know what I'm saying. Like, it's already a shortened season. They're already off a short off season, the shortest off season in history. Like, there's a lot of variables there where we don't know. We're gonna be waiting and seeing. Well, having a part two about that too. There's a there's a solution for all of this. Shut them down. Uh, Why? Oh no, that's that's the solution. No, that's that's an option. What's the other? What's the other solution? It's the, op- it's the option and a for sure solution, but it ain't the best. 
Oh, oh but, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I never wanted to bring it up. But, but you yeah. got, but you got to be able to get it though. That's the thing. Like they should get the vaccine. Well, I, I would, I would pay to get the vaccine. Like, let me pray. They should get the vaccine. I mean, doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals. You know, people who are required but, to be in the front line in their jobs because they're just front line workers. Them to work. So if the NBA is going to require the NBA players to work, why are they allowing them to get sick? Are they, are they frontline like, workers? Huh? Are, are they frontline workers? No, they're not frontline workers, but they they're are. requiring them to work. They don't. <laughs> right now, they they're, they're, they're frontline workers because America risk. requires them to entertain them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they kind of are. And they're risking their lives by transmitting this virus to each other. And we're saying that, yeah, we're going to quarantine, we're going to, we're going to keep doing that until somebody suffers something really, really serious as an outlining, you know, uh, condition that, or underlying condition that they didn't know. And then something tragic happens. And then we're going to sit back and we're going to be like, man, I can't believe he died of a basketball. Because that's what we're going to say. You get what I'm saying? So my thing is, yeah, we we should shut it down. But we know that it's too much money involved for people to consider that. So then the only other option, bruh, is to do what scientists have said does not allow the virus to transmit from one person to another. It doesn't say that, it doesn't mean you ain't gonna get it. Yeah. It's saying that you're not gonna be able to give it to another person. Ain't that what we're trying to prevent? Well, do you As think- I'm talking about. If, if you're the commissioner, sure. this is the lead. Right, right, right. I'm not talking about society. Everybody got their own right to do what they want. But yeah. apparently, NBA players got to play basketball. Just right now, in this state of the union that we in right now, yeah. if he tried to mandate players have to get the vaccine, we would all be looking at how smart Kyrie Irving is and Everybody gonna be like, man, Kyrie, man, Kyrie. I've been, I've been. He been saying it, man. He been saying it the whole time, and they try to turn us in the lab, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it would turn into something like that. Yeah, for sure. I know. Um, that would be unfortunate for the NBA. However, I do know one sport that won't have a problem with it, sir. The nipple, boy. And that's my boys in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think for that motherfucker. I can tell you that. I think you're that not gonna stop that type it. of cash flow in people's pockets. Oh no! Nah. That's what they're not gonna like, do in the NFL. You understand? It, and it, I think they like if they want to do it, if they offered it, like not mandated, kind of how you were saying. Mm-hmm. But if they was like, "Yo, we got them available," kind of like how to do like something like the flu shots. Like, yeah, it's here. If you want to do it, it's highly encouraged, but you ain't got to do it. I think it would be a good. I think it would be a, a, enough amount if you do like the percentages of, you know, what I'm saying. Like, oh, however many we need to get for herd immunity. I think in a building, you, you could get enough percent, whatever the percentage is to make it safe in your I building. Like you, would you would have, have to offer it to their families as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, well, that that goes kind of how, because with the protocols, <clears throat> like with the COVID testing protocols, your family was able to be involved in that too. So they oh. like cover like households and stuff too. 100%. Yeah, no, like, I like that, Rain, because... I think ideally, then it takes it puts the onus off the NBA as a league. Because right now, like, bro, if if people are getting sick and all these COVID testing, this looks bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, grand scheme of things, it looks bad, man. But 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 to go along with that, morally, right now, should they take like what? Let's say three thousand vaccines off the market for 
for what people gonna look at some rich uh basketball players. That's that's what the headline will look. Favorite How many American wants to be entertained, bro? The people for sure, for the sure. small sample size who would complain about Favorite it. Favorite, you're right. Wouldn't even be close to the people who would be excited that they get the watch. Because initially, when when they were starting back sports and news on tests every day, I was like, because they made it seem like testing, you know, was so so difficult to do, or it was like mm-hmm. it was so little test. I was like, damn, we just gonna take a big piece of the market share off. But then obviously there were more tests, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. they were able to create it. So maybe if there's like an acceleration of a vaccine, they might let them, you know what I'm saying? My, my question Five is this. Three. <clears throat> my question so. is this. My question is, if the vaccine is readily available to NBA players and this is, what if it's mandated? Well, what if it's, it's mandatory and somebody refused to take it? Like, I mean, what do you do then? What does the team do do then? Because there are a lot of questions, like, with this vaccine, especially with this new rollout and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, like, so, like, would that be, would you consider that to be, you think they would make it optional, mandatory, or what are your thoughts about if that vaccine was readily available to NBA players, like, per team? I think based on human rights, it should be optional. Unless it's government or federally mandated or something like that. But just based on human rights, it should be completely optional. However, if I'm the team, for every time you have COVID and you cannot play, I, I find you. I need that check. No, I don't even find, I ain't finding shit. I'm taking your game check. You just can't get paid that day. You're not uh, but, but the thing is, Granted, you know what I'm saying. You still, like you say, the human rights side of it. You, you gotta, you gotta have options. You gotta respect their like. Listen, this thing just came out, especially right now. If it was like ten years down the road and we realize, hey, this is the safest thing, and it kind of becomes like a norm, then it's one thing. But like right now, I don't think you can be like, hey, fam, we got the vaccine for you. You don't want to take it, so all the risk is on you. You know, because let's say somebody takes a vaccine and still test while they're in the vaccine phase, still test positive. You know what I'm saying? Would you, would you take their game check? They were complying, you know? Are we hypothetically speaking or that's been a proven fact? I'm pretty sure I've seen like within like between the doses, somebody like tested positive for it. And they might've had it prior to them getting the shot. Cause you know how it takes yeah. a little bit to show up, but, but doesn't it have a little bit of COVID in the vaccine? Bruh. That too, but yeah, I think actually. it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how you build it, but. All know. I know is that the vaccine just doesn't allow transmission to somebody who doesn't have the virus. I, I, I never heard for this vaccine to not allow people to, I to never know it. this vaccine to block the virus. I just yeah. know that the vaccine doesn't allow you, if you have it, to transmit it to somebody that doesn't. And at the end, that's all we're trying to do in society is stop people who may die from it from getting it. Mm-hmm. So honestly, by making the vaccine optional, I totally believe within human rights, it should be done. But then if you do not take the vaccine, you are basically saying that you are trying to go out there and tr- possibly transmit it to other people. And as a league and as a team or as an organization or whatever, they won't be able to allow people to do that. You know what I'm saying? So that whatever that comes in form of a fine or whatever that is, 
that would have to be the type of structure that will be built. Now, they, they will find you for, like, reckless behavior, you know what I'm saying, kind of how they see you at a party or something, but you could just get it so many places that it's going to be like, I don't even know where I got this from. And, you know what I'm saying, I'm getting fine just happenstance. Because I'm at the grocery store. But also, if everybody else takes it, you know what I'm saying, like I say, you just got to play it by the percentages for somebody who doesn't want to do it. As long as you got enough people in that building to do it, that'll be straight. Bro, I just read something. They're talking about they having mid-court security <laughs> to prevent hugging at the NBA games, bro. Mid-court security. That's crazy. Like, that's the lens they're willing to go in order to keep this season moving. Like he going to do something. <laughs> mid-court security. First of all, these these players, like, 6'6 six, six and, and taller, big as hell. Mid-court security to, like, enforce no hugging rule, y'all sound crazy. I redapped up about five people from the cab <laughs> after the <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, y'all so crazy as hell. But yeah, man. You I mean, yeah. oh shoot. But no, yeah, no, man. No. Oh, oh gee. each other out. What are they even talking about? <laughs> like in the basketball, you box out. That's as physical as touching can get. Like, people exactly. are literally whispering COVID into another man's ear when <laughs> they're boxing out. And y'all talking about they can't hug? Man, listen, I mean, hey. like the jersey swap in the NFL. I thought that was so stupid. It's wild. It's, it's all stupid, but it's all, like, you know, frontline tactics to make them seem as if they are doing – taking every single measure possible to, you know, enforce player safety. You know what I mean? Like – we we know, but if they don't do that, then it's not it's like they're not doing anything, right? Yeah. So even if it is stupid, yeah. like if they're not doing the bare minimum and and going and doing those drastic measures, then you know in reality they're not doing anything, you know, from the public per, per, perspective. So, sure. I mean, that's all they're <clears> trying to cover. Yeah, bro, just just cover just cover their ass from the public perspective, really. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't get chewed up and everything like that, but uh. Man, I mean, a lot of good topics, a lot of good, uh, you know what I'm saying, like energy, you know what I'm saying, talks revolving around like COVID and the impact on like the three major sports, you know, with, uh, you know, the NBA, um, NFL, and then college football. Like, I think we've all seen, you know, everybody adapt in different ways from the commissioner uh, to the different teams, to, to the players, them speaking out, them taking certain um, precautions to make sure that, you know, this entertainment for the public is still readily available, is available for us um, while most stadiums and most, um, you know, arenas are not having fans still. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is an opportunity to bridge the gap until, you know, the world is it back to whatever new normal that we are going to approach, you know, whether it be the end of this year, next year, whatever. Like, these are just tactics that you have to do to, keep the sports world moving, you know, while we are in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah, we're just trying to keep the people happy, honestly. Um, that's why I keep saying it. Like, this is all just for the entertainment of the American citizens, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, you look at any all the other countries around the world, then ain't nobody else afraid to shut it down. Um, and I'm not saying that that's the solution. Um, because you know these players out here that want to play, 
So um, again, like, I don't know. I just, uh, hopefully uh, after today, um, you know, certain decisions get made that's gonna be in the best interest of the people and we can uh, start making steps to, to move past this thing. Yeah, man, I do. I really do uh, appreciate, you know, Jude, Ring, you know what I'm saying, hopping on, always bringing, you know what I'm saying, quality and, uh, in and quality information and insight to these topics, especially sports, you know what I'm saying. Second podcast we had both of you on where, you know, we had a lot of good intel or a lot of good intel was provided, you know what I'm saying, and a lot of good conversations were had. And, you know, just like we had a part one, and this is part two, you know, there probably could be a part three, you know what I mean? Because we're still continuing to adapt, to adjust, and people are um, doing all this on the fly in order to make sure that that entertainment is readily available for the public. And as we've seen before, when sports was not readily available early on in the pandemic, like how much it affected everything around us. You know what I'm saying? Like, not only from an entertainment perspective, <clears throat> But just overall, it seemed like, dang, the world kind of just – the world already stopped, but now we don't have sports too. You know what I'm saying? Especially, like, America, it kind of makes it go round. So I think that that showed – with that background, it just shows the importance of all the measures that everybody is taking from the top down to ensure these sports are being played. But we have to remember that player safety is always first and foremost because, like G said, they are really frontline workers. You know what I'm saying? They're putting their lives in the line. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they get paid handsomely, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure for them to not only perform, but, you know what I'm saying, also be present, also show up for every game and put, you know, a lot in, and put themselves at risk, you know what I'm saying, to a highly transmittable disease. So a lot of good conversation on it. Just want to thank you, you know, Reen, for popping on. Do y'all have any last words as we wrap up this episode? Nah, man. Pleasure being on, as usual. And, you know, just um, obviously I look forward to a part three, you know, where we discuss things like, you know, the impact of, like, COVID that it had on, like, recruiting. Um, you know, and, you know, guys coming back to school and, you know, kids maybe that thought they were going to certain schools for scholarships. Um, and kind of the impact that that had and probably the business that it turned college football into. Cause I'm looking forward to seeing what an impact that does this upcoming season. So pleasure being on, man. Always love talking to y'all boys, man. Keep it up on this podcast. Uh, appreciate y'all having us. Like I said, love to come back for a part three signing day here in the next few weeks. So we're going to see hopefully COVID, you know, don't crush a lot of dreams and a lot of guys will have to, go through potentially inevitable things where schools might can't afford the scholarship. And, you know, that might be a negative side effect. We'll see see pretty soon kind of like what are the state that COVID did to these college football teams no come combine. here in the spring. No <laughs> combine as well. Years. So, years. This year's. so pro days are going to be at a premium. NFL draft. We're going off the tape this year. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Yes, Man. sir. You know, these are the best of the worst times to be an opt out guy, <laughs> man. We gotta come back the kids that opted out. You know, there's a lot of good topics coming up. So, oh man, a lot of bad football plays this year, though. So, they might be straight. February, the February <laughs> follow up for show after the combine, the pro day, well, the no combine, the pro days, and yeah, 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 yeah. this will be good. <laughs> <laughs>
This we will be tapping back in. We will be tapping back in. <laughs> no question, man. Fellas, appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. Ken, if you ain't got appreciate nothing else, it. man, definitely safe to say we got better today. We out. I holla. Appreciate y'all. Yep. You have to grow.